0: Welcome to the Good Millennial Podcast, a podcast reimagining an entire
1: generation.
0: Hello, my name is Diana Morales, and this is the Good Millennial Podcast. At the beginning of the year, I had decided that I wanted to rebrand my company, Lost Local, but rebrand it to what I thought. And for a series of weeks, I thought about this over and over again. What would I name it? What would I rebrand it to? What would it be? While it was intended to just be a part of my consultancy and a new name to a blog, I didn't really see it going past that. And when I finally decided on the name, it was after years of working with, let's be frank, boomers and Gen Xers. And hearing over and over, you're such a millennial. And that got me to thinking, well, what even is a millennial? And the answer to that question is basically someone born after 1980, and in between 1996, a whole generation, and the generation that I am traveling through time with. The more and more I thought about Good Millennial, the more and more I was excited. I was really happy to work on a new website, work on new branding, really start thinking about how my advisory and consultancy firm could expand and evolve. And then COVID-19 happened. And I thought, this is a strange time to start anything, to rebrand anything, But nevertheless, I plugged ahead and I decided, well, maybe I'll launch it in the late spring. And in that time, and really the last couple of weeks, I've had some pretty amazing conversations with really incredible friends. And from those conversations came an idea. Why not record and put out a podcast series that could go out throughout quarantine? And who knows after that? And luckily for me, people have said yes. So without further ado, I want to introduce my first guest ever, my friend Libby Rasmussen of Libby Living Colorfully. If you live in DC or are from Wisconsin or anywhere really, you know that Libby is one of the most genuine people on social media. Her Instagram account is full of color, business savvy, and just plain smarts. Today, we talk about social media, social media during the epidemic, as well as finances and business. I hope that you'll enjoy. Oh, and just FYI, this was my first time ever recording a podcast or anything, and I'm still getting the hang of it. So there are some areas that do cut out, but just forwarded 15 seconds ahead. And. I do apologize for a couple of times where I do interrupt her, but I swear it was all in good conversation. So here we go. Hi, Libby. How's it going? Good. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being the first guest on my podcast, um, Social Experiment, that I think I'm going to have going on for the rest of quarantine. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm very excited. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know Libby, she is literally DC's it girl. I don't care what anyone says. Um, she is definitely like the real deal when it comes to being real on social media and also having one of the most loyal followings out there. Uh, and it's really sweet. It's it's true. And it's basically because you are so genuine. It was almost really hard for me to like find the the right word, but from the very first day that we ever hung out a few years ago at that brunch, mm-hmm. um, I've always I I've, I've really admire you and how truthful you are and how straightforward you are. and I, I feel like that's often missing in social media. And so I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too.
1: <laughs> yay, well, welcome. Uh,
0: the first. Yeah. The first question I have for you today is, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> um, I'm good. It's been crazy. I I feel like um, I've kind of been self isolating, self quarantining um, since I got back from Alaska around like the beginning second week of early second week of March. So mm-hmm. um, it's been. It's been interesting. I'm an extremely extroverted person who yeah. um, you know, kind of leaves my house from the mor- like the minute I wake up and then kind of stays out until, you know, the crack of dawn type of thing. So, um, I love my home and my apartment and have come to really make it my nest, but um I you know, certainly struggle with it and then in addition to just obviously trying to find ways to stay Creative and inspired while at home. Um, also trying to be positive in amidst, you know, people losing their lives, people losing their businesses, whatnot. So just trying to remember the things that I can control and um, keeping that perspective. But of course, some days are better than others.
0: Totally, I, I I get it. Like right now at my house, we are we are actually experiencing Corona firsthand. Uh, my roommate went in and got tested earlier this week, and we haven't gotten the results, but we're pretty sure that she has it. So it's mm-hmm. been it's, to hear that. It's it's been a really interesting thing to see firsthand. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh it's definitely a different world right now, and that was you know the basis of me wanting to have these conversations is to check in on people and see how they're doing, but also to talk about how we can support people and how Mm -hmm. we can really stay together as a community, even while being apart. Um, and that brings me to kind of wanting to talk to you because you definitely are this, you know, Renaissance girl, um, Mm -hmm. originally from Wisconsin. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yes. My beautiful state of Wisconsin. I love it so much. Um, I grew up like I always loved it and knew I loved it. But when I was ready to um, go to college, I had the itch to obviously get out as most kids who are, you know, from the Midwest um, want to, or I think everyone really kind of has that about their own home state. They're like, I want to go do something different and better or whatever that means. Um, And for me, that was studying politics. So back in, back in my day, t- 2009, <laughs> it's like, it feels like yesterday, but it's also like, so, you know, it's a decade. Yeah. Um, A lot of c- colleges in the Midwest didn't offer political science degrees. So you had to go to like the East coast to get your political science degree. I'm not saying, you know, none did, but it was just, you know, kind of going, coming to the Mecca of things of political science. So um, eventually made my way out here to DC and, um, didn't know really anyone and um, worked at AARP doing state advocacy and lobbying. Um, It was amazing. Such a great experience. What a powerhouse. And then after college, I went to American University. So um, it was very, I went to a high school that had like focus on sports. We didn't have like a single AP class because we couldn't afford it but we had like oh, three wow. different gymnasiums that were getting repainted every year for our state basketball champions so it was just like I just knew I wanted to go to a school that didn't prioritize sports and you know yeah. my parents are you know my hard-earned money for my education was going towards amazing commencement speakers and um, opportunities within the city so I love AU I'm such a sucker for donating to my alma mater I love it that's um, a great school yeah, it was just, I just feel like really well-rounded because of it. And I felt very prepared for the job, um, job force, the job world. So um, after college um, or even before um, graduation, I started working at a corporate law firm because I knew if I stayed in the lobbying world, I would never become the attorney that I had always wanted to be. And to preface this, um, I think a lot of people, you know, grow up and they're like, oh yeah, I wanted to be a lawyer because my dad said I'm really good at arguing. And it's like, uh-huh. yes, I, you know, I, I was, but, um, and still am, but I was like very, very serious about this pursuit. I became a juvenile prosecuting attorney when I was like 13 in my County. Oh my God. And, that's amazing. yeah. With this program called teen court, which would basically give people the opportunity to either take the, the fine and the rec, you know, have it on their record or go through a series of, um, court, hearings and have be heard by the a jury of their peers and be represented by a defense attorney who was up here and a the prosecuting attorney who's me who represented the county and there was a real judge this whole thing so that's amazing. I mean I just I just loved it and I went um in high school I worked for an all female law firm I was just like so serious about the law thing like really the trajectory was always law I wanted to be a judge I just it was really really like a serious thing of mine and um so that was You know what I wanted to do. Anyway, long story short, yeah. Long story short is I ended up working at this really great law firm on K Street, doing like mergers and acquisition stuff, and it was so cool and I loved it. It was really, really interesting work, hard work, but really interesting. And um, applied to a bunch of different law schools. Took the LSAT twice. It was like the most grueling few years of my life. I was not fun. Like I did not really have much fun in like. Later part of college, I was just very serious. Like I didn't want to be. I didn't. I never wanted to be, like, a joke. I wanted to be taken seriously. I was one of the youngest people at the firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one called me Libby. I was Elizabeth. Like, I didn't want anyone to know about my personal life. Like, really kept things tight. Um, tight-lipped. Libby, I have to <laughs> tell
0: you that the first time you posted like something that said Elizabeth Rasniesen, I was like, who's Elizabeth." <sighs> oh. <laughs> It's <laughs> me. I had no idea because you yeah. were just Libby, so I was like Elizabeth. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt.
1: Go ahead. No, 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 no. It's it's funny because I do even have friends who are like, "What? Your name's Elizabeth?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Because I I've never really had like an issue with the name. It just Libby has always seemed more fitting. Right. Um. So while doing that, um while applying applying to law school, all this stuff, I kind of had this moment of like, okay, I have the summer before going to law school. Um, My plan was to stay in the DC area so that I could, you know, potentially come back and work for this firm that I um, had been at. And it kind of hit me that I had never done anything other than law and lobbying. Mm -hmm. I didn't take a single marketing class. I didn't take a single communications class. Um, and I kind of had this like high and mighty attitude about like becoming an attorney. Right. So I had all these friends who were starting to, you know, the PR, I mean, you have to remember like back in 2012, 2013, when I was graduating college, like Instagram was in its like youth. Like I didn't, I didn't have an Instagram until like after college. Like it was this whole idea of social media was just to me kind of a joke, which is so funny. But like, I remember. Just be careful because you're always going to be in a career where someone six months younger than you is going to be better at your career than you. And I'm going to grow up and be this attorney and only get better and brighter with age and blah, 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 blah. And I had this like big, you know, idea of what that looked like for me. And then I kind of ran into this, um, you know, I kind of ran into this dilemma before going to law school like, okay, am I well-rounded? Like I love all this creative stuff. Um, I had started a blog I should mention. I had started like a kind of a secret blog, um, when I was at the law firm
0: because I'd have uh-huh. some
1: downtime, like either like waiting between filing cases. Like I'd be there sometimes until two or three o'clock in the morning waiting to do wow. some filings. Well, cause we had courts in, um, California. So three hours behind that oh, type of thing. Okay. So, um, in my meantime, I was just like, I will write this interior design blog and it was called Colorfully Living. And I would just, it was just like this fake oh, blog. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's so funny because
0: I was doing the same thing at my first job. I was also, I was thinking of going to law school, uh-huh. but the recession, so it didn't work out for me, but that's so funny that that's like kind of how I started in the social realm as well. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: No, I mean, I think so many people kind of, it takes them kind of, to be at a screeching halt with something to like really realize like what they maybe should be pursuing. So long story short, I ended up not going to law school. Um, it was the most difficult decision. I felt like I didn't really even know who I was after that because so Mm -hmm. much of my life had been defined by knowing that part of myself, like always being this like career, like, and I know, like, people talk about that and, like, have these, like, life-changing moments in their 20s, but, like, it really threw me off. And mm. so I kind of just, like, bounced around between a th- few things um, between then and kind of where um, I am now. And the the blog was a way for me to um, – this was also before people were, like, using blogging status to, like, get – things like you know what I mean like I would go to restaurants and like not tell anyone that I had a blog because oh uh, you know and then I would just like and then I would go to a restaurant and then I would write about it afterwards and be like hey I loved my experience with you here's a blog post like I mean this is like you know rather than like a contingency on like whether or not you have a good time then you will write the Mm -hmm. blog and it was just a um but and I did that with like interior designers too I'd be like I wrote a blog post about your work and I like talk to you on the phone for 10 minutes. And so I was just like, this is a really great way to like meet new people that are outside of this realm that I'm, you know, had put myself kind of pigeon myself into. So mm-hmm. the blog was like kind of a great catalyst for me to just like meet people um, outside of this like law and lobbying sphere. Um, and I don't know, I think like my big, my, one of my big breaks <laughs> But the thing that kind of like put some wind in my sails, pottery, Tell yeah, us. pottery barn, like reposted my bedroom. And I was like, oh my God, this is so Ooh. cool. It just like felt like it was this moment of pride where I was like, maybe I don't have to be like beh- hidden anymore. And I would go to these like events and people would be like, oh, I I know like Libby living colorfully, but I didn't know this is what you looked like. Like I didn't, I didn't know there was a face to it. And so I was right. like, okay, I've got to change that. So anyway, that kind of r- rose up into it. And then it just kind of like, you know, became what it is today. And I never wanted, you know, the whole idea of like doing a fashion focused thing where I like paid a photographer to take like several different outfits, photos of me at city center, like was just never really my thing. And so I was just like, Yeah, Here's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with my like shitty iPhone photography and like food and design. And I'm just going to share my life. And if people like it that's great this isn't like a get rich fast type of thing it is just like to meet people who don't work at the law firm so that's kind of how it all started long into the shore yeah long long witted version of it but that's how it kind of all came together
0: that's brilliant because if people like I don't I mean I'm sure that everybody listening probably follows you if anyone's listening at all <sighs> but you have the best photography like I mean I'm like amazed that you take most of your photos on if not all your yeah photos they're all on your yeah own. and then you edit them yourself and it just your eye and you know I studied history and art history and your perspective is
1: incredible so nice of you Diana's like the nice you're like the nicest person I know by the way you have always been so Aww. sweet I, I really you really always build people up that's one of your you know Greatest strengths too. Thank you. (laughs) I remember
0: I remember the first time I met you was like I think it was two thousand and sixteen-ish, maybe, and I was speaking at an event Mm -hmm. and I was speaking. It was like really random. Um, but I was speaking with um a couple of other people and you had come. It was on like the rooftop of the Apollo. Right. And you had come and I was so excited to meet you because at that point I'd been following you for a little while. And yeah, you are, like, the real deal. But then we got to hang out at a brunch that was hosted by our friend Sophie, uh-huh. who is kind of the godfather of, like, DC social media. She really is. She truly is. I love it. Uh. She actually is the reason I got into social media management. Oh my she gave me my first client. And I remember just, like, everybody was a little nervous. I think it was only, like, five of us sitting together. And it was, like, your friend and my friend and Sophie. And we were all kind of, like – playing around like the subject and all of a sudden we just got into Mm -hmm. it and started talking about like how influencer culture has like really taken off but before we get to that Mm -hmm.
1: oh I got plenty to say about that
0: (laughs) oh, oh we will get into that for sure um but let's talk about how Libby Living Colorfully came about
1: yeah um
0: because that's your blog's name. Yeah. Or, I mean, your website yeah, your business. Yeah.
1: The the blogging thing, I think with, with Instagram, it's kind of evolved, you know, right? Like, so your Instagram post kind of becomes your blog and, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it was really just sup- supposed to be this thing for me back in the day that was more, like, interior focused. Um, and kind of just came to what it is today, which is I've always been an overshare. I have, like, no secrets. I I, like really can't I love just sharing experiences and like I think sometimes I think that sometimes like if it becomes all consuming, and of course there are days where I'm like whoa we're like doing too much but like if it really doesn't feel like it's taking away from you living your life I don't think that like social media is a bad thing so for me like it's always just like a part of my story and my day and there are like so many things of course that I have that are personal and private that like you know, my, maybe some of my best friends would know, but like my, you know, audience or like Insta friends don't know. But at the same time, like, I think that this is, for me, like Libby Living Colorfully or this, you know, the way that I share kind of my day to day is just like, like you mentioned, like positivity and realness and just like little moments of like beauty, I call them, you know, extraordinary, extraordinary moments. And just like oh, I love that. taking in like the scenery around me, and also I I am heavily motivated by wanting people who were who are in situations like I used to be in, whether political or law, or like they're just super consumed in their like you know downtown. See outside of that realm because it changes so much and. Hey, Lib, you're cutting, you cut out
0: really, really quickly, or you cut out for a second. Can you repeat? Yeah, Um,
1: I just was mentioning that I, a lot of the inspiration comes from wanting people to really like, that are more corporate, or they maybe feel like they are. getting a phone call so i'm just trying to <laughs> oh
0: okay i think i was wondering the sorry
1: <laughs> hold on okay is that better okay yeah, so that's better. <laughs> <Is Sorry>. it... <laughs> i'll i'll get okay. that part out if I, okay. if I can
0: figure it out but if you want yeah. repeat okay sure
1: thing. okay so um the livvy living, living colorfully thing was really just kind of a way for me to Um, express myself and like share my day to day but also um, kind of share with the people who are maybe still working in like the DC political realm or the um, kind of more corporate or like super involved like NGO side to like experience these places like outside of that world because for me like I didn't really think of DC existing in the sphere other than my like K Street law job like for so long that I think that especially with, you know, we talk about DC being like really transient city. People usually come here for like two to three years. And then there's like a, a cluster of people who are kind of like the long haulers or the people that have lived here for a long time. Um, and I think for me, like if I can make someone who maybe doesn't have like a super creative job who lives in DC feel like, oh my gosh, like there's this really cool thing in Petworth or there's this really like fun dive bar that I haven't been to. Like maybe there's something like else that's kind of out there outside of my like everyday um, happenings of DC to keep things fresh, to keep things um, interesting within our city because DC is so great. Like I, I am so in love yeah. with this city. It is amazing. I never have an answer when someone's like, where would you live if you could live somewhere else? Cause I just don't even think about not being here because I love it so much. And mm-hmm. I think truly when it starts to feel stale, because it can, right? Like it, most people, right. when you tell them you live in your seat, DC, they're like, oh God. And it's like, okay, yes. But you don't know what, you know, you don't know about like the really, really great art culture, or the music scene or the amazing food scene that's happening in DC. I mean, right. we have such, a, I mean, the, that alone has changed so much and evolved over the past 10 years, you know, from white,
0: white 100%. tablecloth
1: steak houses to like, you know, just like the most amazing and interesting restaurants and restaurateurs, you know, in the world. So I just love this city so much. So being yeah. able to share that, um, brings me joy.
0: <laughs> I think that there's a spark of like creativity when it comes to food in DC and you are right. Like Back in the day, I remember, you know, for my like, my parents would take me yeah. to Old Ebbett, which, of course, oh, the crab like dip, the DC is so standard. good. the The crab dip is amazing. <gasps> like the entire restaurant is like an institution totally. in DC. But I remember, like, that was, you know, the the classification of like refinement mm-hmm. and like the establishment in DC. And I feel that people do see the city as mm-hmm. very transient because the media you know has portrayed it as like a city where people like come to work in congress but like they don't really understand that like there are people like there are people that have been like whose families have been here for right. generations mm-hmm. who have molded the city and you know you see it with the architecture and you see it like in every little pocket of mm-hmm. town that it does have so much history but also so much life and that's you know something that you and like aj who's one of your best yeah. friends and holly you guys have done a really good job of like really bringing that out and i mean you're right not from and i, w- I want to make that like- very
1: clear like we are not from here we don't claim to like I, I it you know it's always so funny to me when people are like these are the 10 best things you should do with dc and it's like okay in your world like yeah that's you know <laughs> and and of course there are so many aspects of dc that i have no clue about and like No awareness of but like the more you talk to people and communicate the more you know and like I have this rule that when things start to kind of feel a little boring here I'm like okay I need to make two new friends like I need to like find two new people or maybe like seek out that friendship that was maybe just an inner introduction um and dive deeper because like this is a new opportunity to like get to know people and their experiences and like what, how they're seeing, like through the lens of their DC or, or whatnot, whether that's a new person or, you know, that's been here for three months or someone who's been here their entire life. Like you said, I love, you know, the generational thing. So.
0: Right. There are a lot of like DC generations and I, I grew Mm -hmm. up in Loudoun County, which is 40 minutes outside of DC. And so for me, being this close to D.C. my entire life has been a very interesting thing. And I've seen mm-hmm. the progression. And that's the thing is, like, I see the progression happening all the time. Like, I have seen this whole area just, like, you know, become, like, the, a hustle mm-hmm. and bustle. Um, so it is interesting to see it through, like, the perspective of someone who's, like, on the ground every day. And, you know, that's like my favorite thing when I'm watching your Instagram stories, for example, or AJ or like, you know, our mm-hmm. friend Rai is, you know, is watching you guys go through like the day and like seeing it through your eyes. It's, it's a pretty extraordinary thing to, to do. And, you know, social media has been great at letting us into the lives of others. Um, but, you know, talking about social media in general, you are now like, one of the city's go-to people for social media management
1: how did that happen Uh, um yeah it was kind of uh I don't know like I guess my first my first clients were um evoke design and creative and I love them so much um before I gorgeous gorgeous work. work they're an amazing luxury um event planning firm here in DC um they do amazing things and um the owner of the company Jeanette reached out to me before I was even doing social media management. um, And just basically said, I don't know who you are, but so many people have been (laughs) raving about you. And I really want to have you join my team. Like, let's talk social media. Like, how can we make you a part of this team? So Evoke was my first client and um, they've been just like absolutely fantastic. And in addition to doing their social media, I also assist with events, which is Allowed me to experience such amazing, um, you know, just these women who are so good at what they do and they all love each other so much. Like it is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, the bond um, and, you know, helping assist with, you know, amazing weddings in Portugal and helping with the all stars, you oh. um, parties in chicago and so it's just like i just admire those women so much they are the real they are the real deal i love them to death um so if you need a wedding planner call on evoke or an event planner call on evoke design creative they're amazing anyway that was my plug um (laughs) no they do the they do
0: such beautiful work and it's even better to hear that like It's a team of women and everybody loves each other because, you know, like I was in the corporate world for a long time. And it wasn't until like my last corporate job that I found a group of women that I was like, yeah, this is my tribe. This is my cat, you know, like finding that gaggle is just like,
1: yeah. So they're just the best support system and have been amazing and kind of boosted my confidence in maybe doing this um, for work. So, yeah. And then just kind of, spread through I was laid off from a position um an event planning position uh last year around this time last year mm. it was like early March and it was horrible like it was and I really oh. I really only opened up about it publicly like a couple months ago and it feels like really good to talk about but at the same time like there is still so much shame to it because you just feel well it was totally out of my control and I've still remain really close yeah. with the people who um in the organization you know, it just takes such a blow to your confidence. And, you know, it's just, it's just abrupt. It's just scary. So, um, the day after it happened, I, you know, I cried for the evening. And then the day after I, um, emailed like 300 of my closest friends and was just like, you know, like anyone. And I was just like, I don't want to go to Paris. I don't want to find myself. I don't want to like take time. Like I want to start working. So like, if you need someone to stash in your kitchen or if you need someone to deliver something for you or if you need like someone to come like hold up you know like I think I even told Jen Chase I was like I will hold up your little like reflective thing for your photography, like, there really wasn't anything that was like, there's nothing that's below me. When it comes to like, ma- I mean, there's probably certain things that are below me, I shouldn't say that, like to make a buck. But I really, Um, I was going over my finances with my accountant the other day. And he was like, you pick up like the scrappiest work. It is like so funny. He's like, but it all adds up. Like, he's like, we can total up all of these small checks. And it amounts to like a good sum of money. So um, I've
0: that's the hustle girl you got yeah I've just never as like like the daughter of immigrant parents I can tell you that like the hustle (laughs) is real
1: yeah so I just I also just love to now make money it was never something that I was really doing before and now that I am you kind of just become like really obsessed with it and not in a way that's um I think that people say that and I'm also hearing myself and I'm starting to feel like I want to apologize for saying that and I don't want to, because I think like, it's so important that especially as women, like we talk about money more freely and openly and whatever, and,
0: and don't feel
1: bad about making either more money than our partners or making, you know, just talking about numbers. So, um, I have to catch myself (laughs) from time to time. No, 100%. I think it's important for women to hear this because,
0: you know, there is like this, just historically, like we haven't been been the breadwinners or we haven't been like the successful ones. And I think it's important to like, to talk about finances. And like, those are the best Instagram accounts Mm -hmm. for me at, at this moment where I'm like starting to think about turning 40 in a few years and then like 60 in like 20 more years where I like, I'm starting to worry about like retirement. And I, I'm single, and this is stuff that totally. I want to hear about. So yeah,
1: not- and and I'm gonna make a plug too. I know times are like kind of crazy right now, but when we kind of get out of this, um, yeah, to open up a an IRA or a for a solo four hundred one k, everyone should have it. If you don't have it through work, like do it now. I am such a big proponent of like maybe not getting the five hundred dollar a month Botox and putting that into retirement because you are going to feel so much better being old and also looking your age than looking really young and having no money in the bank when you're old. So that's just my little plug for (laughs) saving and retirement and whatnot.
0: Um. Awesome. I'm going to add that into the show notes. So if you have like if you have a bank that you love using. Yeah. Or I, any, any tips. Like, I asked over.
1: for an IRA for my, I think 18th birthday or 17th birthday, because again, I was like, so <laughs> like lame and into like this fine. Maybe I was even 19. I might've been 19, but um, yeah, I was like, I want a retirement fund. I, this is really important to me. I did not grow up. Like we grew, we grew up comfortably, like I guess like mid middle class. Um, and, mm-hmm. but like, my I've always been, since I graduated college, my parents were like, we are not paying your phone bill. What is a family plan? Like, no, like you're paying your phone bill. Like if you want to be bailed out of something or when I was out of work between my law firm job and whatever, they were like, uh, tough. You can always, the spare bedroom's here for you back in Wisconsin. So it's never, you know, again, that's kind of, I think we're that, wanting to make a, you know, a, bu- a buck here and there comes from too. Um, Right.
0: I mean, I, I've had a Roth mm -hmm. IRA since I was like 22 and it was like one of those random things that I was like, okay, yeah, I should do that. And Um, you do,
1: everyone has enough money to give a little bit of something. Like it doesn't matter if (laughs) like, if it's even just 50 bucks a month, like just start doing it because once you do it, like it's so empowering to see those quarterly statements and just like see where it can take you and you barely miss it when you know, like you, you just get to a point where you barely miss right. it. So um I get I, yeah. it, I love
0: it. I love that you're passionate about talking about finances. Yeah. Because you know, like I I have started my career over once and I mean like in the last year it's started mm-hmm. over and like being financially stable is one of those things that like now you know i think my lucky stars especially with what's going on that like i was i did get that going like early on last year mm-hmm. again um but you know just from hearing you talk about finances it's it's super empowering and that's something that you should you know be I see you talk about it with your audience all the time. So keep doing it because that is well. There's
1: definitely um, places for me to approve upon. Like I, we, you and I have many discussions about rates and stuff like that. So I'm always learning new things because again, it is so uncomfortable, especially when you just don't really know what everyone's Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, what everyone's kind of doing these days. So it's, it's always um, something that you just have to keep being curious about and like it just don't apologize for you know asking about numbers and stuff like that. I'm saying this to myself out loud so that when I listen to this podcast again, I'm reminding myself mm-hmm. um, to you know to do that. Not to plug the podcast, but it's a very
0: good millennial thing to have ingrained yourself to like really take care of your finances and, you know, look after them. I remember I used to work in corporate America and I was a little reckless with my cash and I'll be the first person to admit it. And now I'm like, I see the value in living a a minimal Uh life and being cautious about where I put my money or what I spend my money on. Exactly. Um, so so you started, you know, doing social media for right. restaurants and some of the best restaurants in the city yeah. too. Like I am obsessed with like all of the restaurants yeah, you work with. It's
1: a, it's a good group. And I, I, what I love, um, most about kind of my work and what I've been told by a few of my clients is, um, you know, a lot of these restaurants, you know, pr- prior to COVID whatnot, um, Just because they're really successful and maybe they're being featured in um, the Washington Post or Bon Appetit or whatever uh, doesn't mean that they have, like, this, like, huge cash flow coming in. And so for many of them, like, paying the big PR firms a $5,000 retainer a month isn't feasible. And it's just not something that their investors or, you know, the people, maybe even the, even the people at the top are like, this is just too extreme. Like this, you know, numbers wise, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Especially if you have a one one or two restaurants, you're not a, you're not a Jose, you're not whatever. Um, you don't have people that are just like in house, you know, type of thing. So I, I, yeah. I'm happy to be able to be supplying services that are um, approachable, but also professional so that it's not just like the GM of the restaurant, which uh, don't get me wrong. A lot of these places have great internal social media that they do. Like many of the chefs, like just do their own Instagrams, but it's, it's hard and it is truly mm-hmm. a full time job. So it's been really fun to yeah. be um, a part of the team and work on those things with, you know, within the restaurants. And, um, you know, I have a few other um, Clients as well. Barnish Lane is really fun. The nail salon um, in D.C. I've loved Lauren. I yeah, love I just I just love um, the mission, and it's all so important to me. I 100% stand by all of my clients, which I feel very lucky. Um, so yeah. it's just a really good group of of people.
0: Working with people that you can align with is always important, especially when you're telling their Mm -hmm. story, because, you know, as a social media person or as a social media consultant, you are essentially a storyteller and it really matters who is telling your story because they have to align with you. Sometimes you see media accounts and you're like, what are they doing? Like, Do they understand what is happening? And, you know, staying on top of like the la- like the landscape is ever changing when it comes to totally. media, and a lot of people don't get that. And like, you know, I hate saying it, but a lot of older PR firms, um, they don't understand some of the concepts that they should be understanding when it comes to how to correctly market. Totally, business. I mean, they
1: throw the best parties. Like their parties are like amazing. They have the best yeah. budgets. Like they will do a killer restaurant opening and um you know tv appearances stuff like that but when it comes to social media like it really is so um it is so easy to kind of do the wrong thing and it's much more Mm -hmm. difficult I think that people think to come up with the right thing like execute you know proper execution of things having the right amount of um kind of like you know jovial spirit in the caption without being offensive right now I mean we're seeing right. we're very much seeing people doing the right thing and very much the wrong thing when it comes to social media and it's so easy to see you know kind of happen right away and you feel for those people right like behind the accounts because yeah. you know sometimes you're like ah I get what you were trying to do like I get the message but like not the right time and like who the hell approved this
0: right I think we had this conversation recently I mean Mm -hmm. last week we had this conversation where you know I had I had essentially like worked with someone and I was a little confused with the direction that they're taking right now but you know it is just it is about being careful and but it's also a time where look at other accounts and see what other accounts are doing like just get the message to yourself. Like this is a really hard time, but you know, and say, in and speaking about what's going on with COVID-19, mm-hmm. how can everybody listening and just everyone in general better support the people that you work yeah. for? Um,
1: I think that it's been, um, it's been a really obviously interesting time. I think like, obviously everyone just wants everyone to be safe and healthy and that Mm -hmm. is the first priority, and um, I think that, you know, then we have businesses that are kind of having to reassess, and many of them, as a result of keeping people safe and healthy, aren't, you know, failing because they need people, you know, there to, in order to successfully run the business, so it's a, it's a tricky thing, and I, I, none of my clients, you know, have, handled any of this poorly like they've all had such great spirits about it and have been you know we have to step into kind of this like brainstorming method right and it's almost like in a way we were really um we were overdue in a sense of like modernizing all of our strategies for the way that Mm -hmm. we do things and it's unfortunate of course it's so unfortunate that it has to be because of this but, right. um, you know, we had to, you have to think quickly. And so, um, you know, different ways to support, um, the clients, you know, you mentioned, I have mostly restaurant clients. Um, some of them have chosen to do, um, takeout orders that are like, you know, no contact, um, Adam, my, my, favorite person. I love Um, him. I love everything he's he's doing. He has the biggest heart. And it, it doesn't even need to be like, there was no strategy planned with Adam. It was like, he was like, this is the right thing. Like, this is what we have to do. Like, we need to sell groceries like at cost for like industry people. Like we need to provide food for people in our area because you know, union market area can be kind of like a little bit of a food desert. So it just like, he Mm -hmm. didn't even like, he was just like, no, this is what we have to do. Like, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to be safe about it. And like, of course, each day like is different, right? Like, you know, three weeks ago, if you would have told me that people would be, that the president would tell people to wear masks, I would have been like, well, what? You know, like, this is just every day is changing so quickly. So I think- Um, obviously like supporting through takeout, if you don't want to get food from people and you're just happy with cooking on your own or having your grocery delivery or whatever. Um, a lot of them have GoFundMes that help support the staff. Cause at the end of the day, like, um, and I kind of mentioned this one day in, in, um, Instagram stories, you know, for the people who are still able to like work from home or full time or whatever, and have kind of that, I think at the end of the day, everyone should be saving, by the way, everyone right now should be saving, like, Don't spend beyond your means like you don't need to be like living lavishly, but like if there is a restaurant or a place that you love that you would have probably, um, you know, been a patron of during this time like go ahead and either just directly go fund them or order food or just, you know, make a donation merchandise is a great way to do it um by a gift card card. unfortunately I feel like I, I don't know what kind of the outside world looks like when it comes to people who aren't in like hospitality or um you know like kind of the food industry so I don't really know what my friends who are um working like kind of normal nine to fives are doing or how they're doing I know that a lot of furloughing is happening right now so Right. Um, everyone's hands are kind of tied, but it just will help keep, like, if we can keep the economy going still through like these, um, these different kind of creative methods, then I think that that's the best thing to do. Um, and again, to just remember to like spend within your means and whatnot, but there's, you can always support people and, and, um, you know, the, the DC virtual tip jar I've talked about in my stories, I have it linked in my highlights. Um, It's just anyone who worked in the hospitality industry or works in it can just put, it's just a running Google doc and people can just insert themselves whether it's a hairdresser or um, maybe a wine sommelier, like anyone who has provided a service that maybe you have loved, you just search their name or maybe the restaurant, or maybe you don't even know who, you know, the specific person was and you just want to give everyone, you know, at the team at Pearl dive, like a $5 tip or something like that. Like all of those things matter. And, there's no such thing as like too little right cuz like if everyone gives like a right. dollar then you know that person may still have like a $100 so um, that's kind of my plug for that <gasps> no it's a great plug and you know not to plug over <laughs> yeah of yeah, course we can um,
0: adam is doing a market every wednesday through friday and it's basically at cost mm-hmm. groceries they even have toilet paper um, they have cotton and Reed um, I, yeah, spirits, but cotton and Reed is also making a hand sanitizer, mm-hmm. which is like the gold standard yeah. right now. And, but he's also doing something really cool where they're putting together boxes for people mm-hmm. in the industry, which is so special. Um, because I mean, like you just said, these people have essentially lost their livelihoods. Right. And so I think that's incredible. And I, I love it. I oh, love right. it. Um, but to you know, not to segue away from like what to do yeah. right now, but let's talk about what to oh. do and influence our oh, culture. Boy. Because you told me a couple of really interesting stories that really did leave me with like kind of a bad taste of like, especially you know, trying to take advantage of people during right. this time. And it's just it's a it's a whole bigger discussion that we'll have to have like another mm-hmm. day on the direction that influencer culture has been going in and the direction that it needs to go in after this. And hopefully by then I'll figure out like how to get, you know, more people in on the podcast at the same time. Um, because I, I want Rye and a couple of other people to be in on it, but let's talk about influencer Mm -hmm. culture and what you've been seeing, especially running food accounts. I know you told me a really interesting story. Um, but, and then, you know, a couple of other things that have happened in the media in the last couple of days that have been really concerning. Mm-hmm. It just is one, it's a topic that I wanted to definitely discuss today, even if it's just for a couple yeah.
1: of minutes. Um, yeah, I think like, uh, it, it's obviously subsided a little bit now, but I had received a few <laughs> messages on different accounts. So not just, um, not just, you know, a specific, um, Instagram account, but a few different accounts where, um, some food bloggers or people who would maybe describe themselves as influencers. Um, We all have influence by the way. So I think it's the influencer word is like, well, what does that mean? Because we all influence each other, but um, you know, asking for um, free food in exchange for promoting takeout menus or payment in exchange for promoting to go menus from (laughs) industries that I've already like, even just by being closed for a day at that point we're losing thousands and thousands of dollars and having right. to decide whether or not they were going to keep staff that had maybe been there for since the beginning of their opening or themselves right so many of these owners are not paying themselves or going to go into a lot of debt um, because who knows what the future holds so it just seemed like uh, just wildly inappropriate, to be honest. And I think like, while people maybe don't see it as such, like right away, it's so important, I think, especially too, with like influencers or bloggers, or, you know, food, um, food bloggers, to really think about like, what the other side might be going through. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I spoke about it openly on my profile too, like, it just was disappointing. And I think that I've seen more people come to the forefront now, but in kind of those initial like first week or two um, seeing, you know, prominent food, foodies, um, you know, just like not supporting the people that had helped build their careers. So, you know, we see firsthand, even if um, a food influencer or someone comes into a restaurant, I've also done, you know, I've, I've done this on, the in, you know, influencer side, um, mm-hmm. you know, even if you come in and maybe it's just a comped drink or maybe it's a appetizer or something like that that's comped. Like the time and energy that it takes for like the social media person to relay that message to the GM so that the host knows to greet the person to make sure that like everything is like you know it takes time and energy, and um, yeah. I think that a lot of times. I've seen and experienced a lot of entitlement um, when it comes to the food arena, because people think maybe like, Oh, well, I'm giving this restaurant the exposure that they need. And it's like, well, listen, like we already have good exposure. Like we're getting featured in this publication or there's this, or like maybe the chef has their own thing. It's like, we're just fine. You know, like most of the time, like we're not reaching out to these influencers asking for promo. They're coming to us asking us to you know, whatever. So um, it's just an interesting, it, it was just an interesting time. And I think it was disappointing in the beginning to see so many um, people kind of not really stand up for the people that had provided them with, you know, with food, like they had fed them, which right. is to me, like one of the most kind gestures you can do is like, give someone a meal um, or prepare like a drink oh. for them. So it just, you know, it was just, interesting but I had it was really great to see so many awesome people kind of step up to the forefront eat the capital Danny was so great um I saw him like immediately just like posting things and doing Instagram lives with chefs and being like how can we help like what can we do like what does this look like for your restaurant like really kind of doing investigative like foodie like you know research on this on the grounds and um Kylie from Michelin Michelin is amazing too like she's done such a great job of just wanting to get involved. And like, how can I help? Like, I just seen so many great people just saying, like, how can I help? Like, what can I do? Like, mm-hmm. how can I spread the, the word? And every time, you know, I see someone post from a, a restaurant of mine or a client of mine's um, Instagram page, you know, I just thank them. Like, thank you for supporting yeah. us and sharing because, you know, this is when we need it most. Um, and people will remember that after this is all done, you know, like the people, the account managers and the chefs and whatever, will remember this when it's all said and done. Like these are the people that kind of came forward and said like, you know what, scratch my rates, like for, you know, for this promoted post or, Hey, like I'm a, um, I'm a food photographer and I'm out of kind of work anyway. Can I come and take pictures of your to go menu? Like, and I'm not saying that people like, everyone needs to be getting their own right now. Right. Like everyone has to kind of different ways to like get money and save money and whatever. But at the same time, like, if you kind of feel like maybe you owed someone like an extra thank you, like whether that means like you maybe under tipped one time, at your favorite restaurant or something like that, um, or you were going to use someone's services and you're like, let's, can I pay you now? And then like cash in on this service in, september or something like that like go ahead and do that and just have those conversations because again like these people who aren't maybe on the corporate side of dc are what are keeping this city kind of like different and cool and and whatnot nice. I'm not saying that the people who you know are in corporate america Joan as well um but you know just no no it just it every bit helps i think you know
0: just to close that out it's about having humor totally and showing you know showing up for people and I think that there's nothing wrong in us asking people to show up for people because they will show up Mm -hmm. for you and you know I didn't even know Adam just like throw a person Mm -hmm. out there who is just kind I didn't even know him and I had gone to dinner at coconut club after it first opened last year and I had gone with a friend and he sent a couple of things over to the Mm -hmm. table and you know he didn't have to do that but People do remember, you know, those gracious actions, and like I would lay down for you guys, like on the right, road right, back, right. You, all the time, and you know, people will always remember kindness. Oh, right. And I think that that's the the biggest thing that we all have to remember now is like be kind mm-hmm. and be kind to one another. And you know, I I do agree with everything that you just said, and I can't wait to like actually have a broader conversation on how influencer culture needs to shift. But you know, for yeah. now, this. This is great, um, but, you know, not to take up too much more no, of your time because fine. you are the busiest girl Oh, uh, I got plenty of time. Um, I know. It's like a thing, now, <laughs> right? Everybody has time. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk yeah. to you about because it actually inspired my little home jungle I have going mm. on, but you are, you know, you're also a girl <laughs> and you like in the truest sense of the form, like my father owns a landscaping company and, you know, gardening is a thing that like I've grown up with. I can't plant a living thing to <laughs> save my life. All of the plants that I buy are like those need water once a month plants. <laughs> that's fine. Um, because that's all I can do. But what has inspired you to really develop this green
1: thumb? Oh gosh. Um, well, I've always loved plants. I came, I, my grandparents were, Um, what would now be considered like cute organic farmers like in the middle of the city but they owned this beautiful cobblestone house um, in the middle of my hometown in Oshkosh Wisconsin and they grew everything they had cucumbers strawberries corn gladiolas peonies sunflowers um, white raspberries like just really rhubarb everything Um, it's where I learned how to count money it's where I learned how to take care of um, vegetables and plant bulbs and stuff like that and it was just like really just the most beautiful place on earth if I could go back in time it would that was the first place I would go um, and so and my mom was an avid gardener and while we didn't have a lot of house plant indoor house plants growing up we had a sunroom whenever but um, I, I had never really like given much thought to plants until um, really like two or three years ago and I just got my first plant and then just couldn't stop. And then I was like, I think maybe seven months in and I had over 50 plants and it wasn't <laughs> even like a bye, bye, bye thing. Like plants can be really expensive and plants also don't yeah. like can, they're not always hardy. So, um, I was just like asking for a propagation from a friend here and then propagating that and making like two plants from that plant, or like getting a, seedling from a different friend or like growing my own basil from my Trader Joe's like clipping um plants so just really getting like creative and taking um looking up many YouTube videos the information is out there like it is not oh, it is yeah. there, there's so much access to um information but the plants just really um yeah they're like it's like therapy almost because they, oh, You can that. see, like, something growing and something that you're helping grow and take care of, and it's just kind of this, like, nurturing thing, and it gives you, like, excitement for the next day when you see an, a, a monstera leaf that's about to open up or, um, you know, your little, like, seedlings growing. So it's been a really fun experience. This is the first time in a long time that I've had, like, outdoor um like an outdoor area so I have a little patio so I'm currently working on some edible flower seedlings that are growing right now so I'm very excited this is my first time ever doing like full beds from seed Johanna gave um, me kind of like a seedling bed and had some soil and some seed packets that I've had for a while so stay tuned on that front see what happens uh-huh. it's been it's been a really exciting quarantine activity.
0: Oh, I love that. It's in your blood. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So to round everything out, uh, first of all, I just I want to thank you for being the of first course. guest. Of I'm this, honored these conversations. Um, I'm really excited to get this out there because you are super interesting and everybody needs to hear your voice. Uh, but also <gasps> what is um what do you find yourself most comfortable in right now? Like in a physical state or well at first I was going to ask like the question but then I was like oh don't be creepy I was gonna be like what are you wearing but you know like what are you wearing inside but <laughs> well what do you find yourself in the most comfortable
1: um it's very funny because I don't own like any athleisure <laughs> so this quarantine <laughs> Girl, you're I know out. I know so it's been uh yeah it's been a little interesting um yeah most comfortable I have a really nice like silk robe that I like to wear I love like my silk kimono moments, so that's always comfy um I my comfort comes a lot from I have a fireplace in my living room which many of you I'm sure have seen so just kind of like opening my windows and even just in the middle of the day or like in the morning I'll just make a big fire um and just kind of Um, let my hair air dry. I'll do some work from my little makeshift desk here. And so I'm just feeling very comfortable with that and the windows open and kind of walking around my neighborhood in Mount Pleasant kind of brings me calm, although I'm not really leaving the house too much. Um, And I've also taken to drinking at home. (laughs) which is something I've never done before, really, because <laughs> I was, as mentioned before, I leave the house normally early morning and then come home late at night. Um, so making my good friend Carly Steiner um, taught me how to make beautiful cocktails out of like, very simple ingredients. Um, so I have been Yum. learning how to, you know, just get my drink on at home. So I'm about to place a domestique (laughs) wine order um, because I want to also start drinking more wine. And that's what it's kind of looking like. And as of many of you, I'm sure, like, there's really no time of day that is correct anymore to have a martini or glass of wine. So,
0: (gasps) you know what? The hours is blowing together at this point, which is fine. I'm about to order ice cream from... Our local Jenny's yeah, um, to be delivered to my it's house. So good. And then I'm going to, yeah. And then I'm going to sit on my porch and Clorox wipe the entire container before I bring yeah. it in my house. So, you know, new times, new, new days. Yes. Um, yeah. But without further, you know, keeping you from drink- your day drinking,
1: so. <laughs> I haven't started yet. I don't know. JK, JK. <laughs> I'll keep, I'm actually about to teach a, an online terrarium class with Holly. So, A digital terrarium class so I don't know if I'll get started maybe I'll have a little one during that we'll see we'll see how crazy we get (laughs) obsessed Uh, with you
0: guys but Libby I adore you thank thank you you so much for being on the pod um I hope that it turns out great um it should be out in the next couple of days but I'll definitely send it to you all right
1: well thank you so much
0: and that's my conversation with Libby she's pretty awesome right make sure you follow Libby at Libby Living Colorfully on Instagram. I promise it's one of the best accounts out there. And if you're not already following us, follow us on Good Millennial or don't. It's cool. I get it. But stay tuned. We have more to come.